The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited to introduce to you Melanie Avalon. She's with us today. Melanie, welcome. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Chantel. I feel like, you know, you and I, we've been talking through email, but this is our first, our first time to actually connect. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um, but really excited to be here. So basically a little bit about me. I've been dabbling in the whole health, fasting, food world for probably about a decade or so now. It really started when, like growing up, I was always doing all the random, you know, diets to lose weight. There was calorie counting, um, trying different macros. I I even did the cookie diet. I don't know if you're um, familiar with that one. That one was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, my roommates in college just thought I was insane. Um, but it wasn't actually until I tried low carb and really focused on the carb aspect of things that I started realizing that I actually could make changes in my body and that it wasn't even about weight, that there was a whole health aspect to it as well. And that just started a crazy life journey rabbit hole of exploring all the things. I, I then started doing intermittent fasting. Uh, I started, I said I would do it for a week, uh, the one meal a day approach. So just eating dinner and I thought it would be miserable. I thought it was just going to be terrible and I never stopped. It was just that revolutionary for me. And then from there, I, I really haven't stopped it since then. And from there, i found the whole paleo world. I realized the importance of eating whole foods to support your health. And through it all, I've, I've had my own journeys, my own health struggles and challenges. But the thing that I found so wonderful is that you can always try things. You can always learn. I don't think there's one right or wrong approach. I really think it's, you know, based on the individual. And um, I'm so grateful for where it's led me. So like today I, I have a book, What, When, Wine. It's called Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting and Wine, because I do think wine can be part of a healthy lifestyle as well. And then I have two podcasts. I have the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Uh, that one is, as you may guess, intermittent fasting focused. And then I have, I have the, um, the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast. And that is where I interview experts, authors, researchers, doctors, all in the health and wellness world. And I really just get to pick their brain on all these questions I have, because there's just so much to learn and explore. So yeah, that that's it in a nutshell. That's awesome. Well, today I really want to focus on kind of weight loss stalls. And so some of the things that can kind of cause people, you know, we get a lot of people on the show and they're like, you know, I've lost so much weight doing intermittent fasting. And one of the things I see people doing is they've, they've lost, let's say 30 pounds and they've still got another 20 or 30 more pounds to go. And that's where they kind of have that that stall. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen that kind of helps people move in out of that stall and some things they might be doing wrong with intermittent fasting? 
Sure. So there is a lot here and we get questions about this as well on our podcast all the time. You know, <laughs> excuse me, people will be, they'll be doing intermittent fasting. They'll be doing seemingly quote all the things, but they just seem to reach these points where their weight just plateaus and they can't break through it. And I don't think it's all in people's heads. There's actually a lot there. We do, the body does seem to have a set point. And there's a lot of debate on what determines that. One of the main theories is that it likely involves something in the hypothalamus regulating the body's set waypoint. Um, and a lot of factors can determine that. And it's also, it also can be pretty, pretty difficult to change. Um, so I just want listeners to know if you feel like your weight's not changing, it's very likely a real thing. When that happens, things I often suggest is it really changing something. Um, you can try addressing your fasting window. So if you're not doing a one meal a day approach, if maybe you're doing something more like an 18-6, or sorry, a 16-8, you could try tightening it up. You could try doing ADF, um, alternate day fasting, where you're throwing in some longer 36-hour fast. One of my favorite things is actually switching your macros. So if a lot, because a lot of people doing intermittent fasting are low carb. Now this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, but a lot of people, if they're low carb and they actually switch to a high carb, low fat, and I'm emphasizing the low fat part, um, but basically really switching that, that macro system, a lot of people can break through a stall with that as well. You can also try things like adding in exercise near the in the, in the later stage of the fast. So right before you're going to open your eating window, doing especially something like high intensity interval training, because at that point you're really going to be in the, the fat burning state and in the exercise you do is really going to tap into fat. But all of that said, so those are some things people can try. All of that said, I actually am now recently starting to realize something that I think is huge. I'm really ex well, not excited because it's not, it's not a good thing. Um, but I am really excited to share this with listeners because I think this is actually having a huge effect on why people can't lose that stubborn weight. So shall we, shall we jump into that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that I think it's funny is that one of the things I think me and you, when we did talk was about the fact that I have really cleaned up kind of, I'm really big on chemicals. Like, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book is that chemical city, like I got rid of just all the chemicals out of my diet. And the one area that I didn't really clean up was my makeup. And so I was really all really focused on the chemicals in my food, but not as much in the chemicals in my makeup. So that's a little bit how we got connected on here. Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one -on -one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day over and over and over again and get the video course, go to ChantelRayWay.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did.
But let's yeah, talk yeah. about endocrine disruptors and how that could be the cause. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Um, same, same, same with me, Chantel. Like I, I, I was cleaning up all the things. Like I was, I was, you know, cleaning up the cleaning products. I was cleaning up my food. I was really taking care of my environment, but my makeup and my skincare, I mean, you're so wedded to what you're using. Um, and it can seem like not that big of a deal, but if you think about it, when you're fasting, there's basically, well, not even when you're fasting, basically just in life, there's two main avenues for putting compounds and things directly into your body. That is when you're eating. And that's also what you put directly on your skin. And that would be your skincare and makeup. And the shocking, shocking thing about conventional conventional skincare in the US. So in Europe, they have banned over 1,300 ingredients as being toxic. <laughs> so these are compounds that are likely toxic. They can be carcinogens. They can be endocrine disruptors, which you just mentioned and which we're about to, we can dive into. Um, the US has actually banned less than 10, which is just completely shocking. And then on top of that, the so the FDA is the, the branch of the government in charge of regulating skincare and makeup. So they've banned less than 10 ingredients. They also have no system in place to even enforce those ingredients. So basically, if you go to their website, they say, you know, these are the, the ingredients that are banned, but it's up to manufacturers to follow these rules. So it's like having very, very poor speed limits and no police at the same time. Um, and then on top of that, companies can actually put whatever they want in a makeup or skincare product, they just call it fragrance. So for listeners, if you ever look at any of your makeup or skincare, if it says fragrance, it can contain anything. And it's likely not, it doesn't even have to be a fragrance. Um, it's a legal loophole from the 1960s and it protects companies, quote, trade secrets. So it's really, really upsetting, honestly. And the thing is when we're putting these, the skincare, this makeup, you know, face wash, all of these things on our skin, our skin prov provides these compounds direct access to our bloodstream. And these compounds can go into our body. They've been shown to have overwhelmingly toxic effects. And the, the studies that they do on their toxicity that are, are often done on very small amounts and they don't take into the effect, they don't take into account the fact that with skincare and makeup, we're using it you know, every day. So there's something called the additive effect where it actually builds up in our system over time. There's something called the cocktail effect. That's where um, the seemingly benign ingredients, when you mix them together, become more toxic. So vitamin C, which is in a lot of, you know, skincare products can actually react with other chemicals to become toxic. And the, the, the buildup over time is crazy. And then, so these endocrine disruptors, you know, coming full circle back to this, this fat burning thing. It honestly, it's, it's really shocking. I, I did all of the research and I was like, wow, it's, it's a wonder we're even losing weight at all, given, given the state of things, because basically endocrine disruptors, they are compounds, which affect our endocrine, our endocrine system. And that is the, the system in charge of our hormones. And what researchers have found now is that our fat stores, you know, back in the day, they thought our fat stores were basically 
just fat. Like, (laughs) you know, they weren't really doing much, but now we know they're actually their own system. They actually create their own hormones and they actually... I mean, they can change between different types of fat and they can change whether or not they want to store fat, whether or not they want to release their their fatty acids. And what endocrine disruptors do is when they enter the body, so our body actually, well, registers them as a toxin, obviously, because they are toxic. And endocrine disruptors are actually the nature of their, like the, the, their makeup is they're stored in fat. So our bodies to protect us, because our bodies are, I like to say our bodies are always on our side, they store these in fat. So when we're putting on these endocrine disruptors in our skincare makeup, they are encouraging our body to store fat and then it gets worse. (laughs) So basically when they are stored in fat, they actually self-perpetuate. So they make the fat stores more likely to store more fat. At the same time, they actually modulate the genes on the fat stores so that the the fat actually, it actually creates this whole cascade of problems, um, messes with our insulin sensitivity, increases our ghrelin, our hunger hormone, decreases leptin, our satiety hormone, and makes those fat stores, like I said, much more likely to store more and more fat. So if, if you're doing intermittent fasting, doing all the things you've cleaned up your diet, but you just have these fat stores that seem like they just won't budge, it's it's very likely they might be they might be filled with um some endocrine disruptors and that cleaning up your skincare and makeup might actually have a huge, huge difference on that. And that was so long. I <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on all of that. Yeah. I mean for me, you know, remember when everyone was talking about BPA and it was like you know, everyone was cleaning up like their plastic containers and everyone was like, get rid of your plastic containers, you know, make sure it has BPA free. And every container you saw was like BPA free, BPA free. Right. And so everyone was really big on that. And people really kind of were like, okay, BPA is in hard plastics and so forth. But then what I found out was that BPA is in a lot of cosmetics in lipstick, eye makeup, you know, nails. And so I don't feel like that's been set. No one knows about that as, you know, it's not as commonly known. Everyone knows about it in the plastic bottles, but they're, they're not knowing about it in the cosmetics as much. Do you feel that way? I am so glad you brought that up. That is such a good point. Um, Yes, exactly. And also to that point, it's kind of like, I I feel like the one compound in makeup, um, it's ironic in a way, because I just mentioned that, you know, there are 1300 compounds tested for toxicity in our makeup and skincare that in Europe are banned. But I feel like the one compound people are sort of familiar with in makeup is parabens. And now Mm -hmm. it's like very in vogue, you know, you'll see like paraben free, Mm -hmm. um, And it kind of reminds me how like in food, it's like gluten is kind of invoked to be gluten-free, but it's like, it's kind of like in in the the food world there now there are all these quote gluten-free processed goods that yes, they're gluten-free, but they have so many other things in them. Um, And I think people see gluten-free and they think, oh, you know, we're good. So people see makeup and they're like, oh, paraben-free, we're good. When really we're, guys, we're not good. (laughs) Um, Paraben is one of like, you know, 
1300 potential things. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really, it's really shocking. And, and then on the flip side, one of the issues is because when I first started realizing this was a thing and first started wanting to clean up my makeup, I, um, I was like, okay, so I'll go to, I'll go to Ulta, I'll go to Sephora. I'll like look for the natural lines. I'll look up all the ingredients on the EWG. And the problems were a, that took a lot of time. B, I would often look up these ingredients that were proclaiming to be, you know, paraben free and vegan and natural. And I would look them up and they were just not like, they were like ranked uh, for toxicity on the EWG. And then on top of that, I I personally actually have a um, history of heavy metal toxicity. It's been one of the, one of the challenges in my life. Um, So I'm very, very in tune with heavy metals and actually a lot of the natural lines of makeup are actually really high in heavy metals because they use powders and clays that are high in lead, high in cadmium. So really it's just like, what do you do? That's why I think it took me so long to clean up my, my makeup and my skincare because I was just like, what do I do? I was like, and, I, and then I was like, it can't be that big of a deal, but now I know it, it is a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> Well, and I think that people don't realize that our skin is our largest largest organ. And so talk a little bit about the role of our skin in our toxic exposure and, and the burden of that. Yeah, it's such a, such a good thing that you brought up. So like you said, our skin is our, our largest organ. And I'm, I mean, personally, I'm fascinated by our skin because I mean, it, it's, it's brilliant. It, it contains our whole body it lets in things, it lets out things. Um, it's really, it really is a wonder, but the problem is it does provide instant access for compounds to the bloodstream. You know, people will say, oh, it's a protective barrier. These toxins aren't getting into our bodies. But when you think about it, I mean, think about patches people use. So, you know, nicotine patches, birth, you know, hormonal patches, clearly, <laughs> clearly putting something on your skin is a great way to put something straight into your body. Um, so it's no, it's no surprise that when they do studies of, you know, these of, you know, blood work of compounds in our system, it's just, it's overwhelming. Oh, I just remembered one, one fascinating fact I learned. This is crazy. So when women have ch- children, um, a, their, their endocrine disruptor loads. So like if they have a lot of endocrine disruptors stored in their body, it actually goes into the baby um, because the mom actually experiences a almost a detox effect when they have a baby and a lot of toxins go into the, the newborn. Um, that includes heavy metals, endocrine disruptors, things like that. And they've done studies on, it, it was in rodents, but they found that newborn rodents exposed to endocrine disruptors, it made their stem cells. So the stem cells are basically cells that are like a blank slate and they can become whatever they want to be. You know, they can be a muscle cell. They can be a fat cell. They found, they found that the rodents that had high endocrine disruptor exposure, the cells that were supposed to become muscle cells actually became fat cells. And they also think that the amount of fat cells that you're born with is kind of your fat storage potential for life. So like if you have, if when you're born, you have more fat cells, it's more likely that you will struggle with obesity, weight problems as you get older. Um, So for new moms out there, I can't encourage them enough to 
really, really clean up their own skincare and makeup, um, both, both for their own health and for that of their child. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. All you have to do is go to ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study course. Yeah. And I think what, like one of the things you said is that a lot of times you'll see on these labels like vegan or natural and they really aren't. So what, what can someone do if they want to say, okay, I really need to see, is my skincare what it needs to be? What are your suggestions for that? Yeah. So there, so there are options here. Like I said, just looking at the label, if it says vegan, natural, friends that says, that says nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can do what I did historically and you can, you know, look up every brand. You can look up every single ingredient on the EWG and you can ascertain, um, if it has a toxic potential. Um, like I said, if it has fragrance on it, sorry, I, you got to cross it off the list because you don't know what's in fragrance. It could be right. anything. Um, so moving from beyond there, you can do that. Um, also, this is what, this is another reason Chantel and I connected is finally, I am so, so happy. There's, this is, this is actually how I finally switched up because I just, it took me so long, but I finally found there's a company now called Beauty Counter and what they do, I'm just so grateful for them is their founder Actually, it's because of the endocrine disruptors that she founded the company because she, I think it was like, I don't think it was her, but I think it was one of her friends or her family members was having a lot of hormonal issues. And she realized that there was this endocrine disruptor connection to hormonal issues, especially in women. And then she realized the connection to skincare and makeup. So she decided to make a company that their mission was to change this in the US um, because clearly- clearly the government's not going to do anything about it. So, so what beauty counter does is they make, they make, I mean, they make every skincare and makeup product you could, you could want really to cover all the needs. And they're specifically formulated. Each and every ingredient is tested to be free of endocrine disruptors, free of toxins, free of carcinogens. What I love about them is they're not quote all natural because what they realize is that quote, natural doesn't really actually say anything about safety. Um, Cause like I said, natural can be um, heavy metals. I mean, like snake venom is natural, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna put that on your face. Right. Um, so instead they, they just test the ingredients to see if they're safe. And, at, and because of that, because it's not all quote natural, they can still use, you know, um, man-made ingredients. They've, they've created products that actually work. So these products are I think hands down better than anything I've used before. So it actually was able to allow me to switch over everything with, now I just know that I can be safe. <laughs> now I just can feel completely safe. Um, um, it's, I mean, it's truly, truly incredible. 
Yeah. And like you said, I mean, who has the time to sit there and every product that you, you buy, if you do decide, if you see one, maybe at Ulta or at Sephora and it says all natural paraben free, vegan, blah, blah, blah. Then now to come home, look at that product, start Googling all of the different things that are on there. It's just, you know, it's too overwhelming to start doing that with every single product that you love. It's so overwhelming. And the thing that was happening for me was I would look up all the ingredients and then sometimes the ingredients wouldn't be on the EWG. I keep, sorry, I keep referencing the EWG. For listeners, the EWG is the Environmental Working Group and they have a um, like a skincare cosmetic database, database where you can look up these ingredients and they give it a, a toxicity rating. So that's what I was doing. Like you just said, it takes a long time. And then sometimes the ingredients would be quote unknown. So I was like, okay, like now what do I do? Um, so, I mean, it was just, it was honestly, it was really frustrating. Um, so I'm there. Yeah, and the other, the other big thing, the other distinguishing factor is that not only are their products safe, but they actually work. Cause a lot of times you might find, you know, I know there's a shampoo that I, a couple different shampoos that I bought that were like paraben free, this free, this free, this free. And, you know, you'd go home and try it and it was like disaster city. I know that is so, <laughs> so true. Uh, I remember when I first you know, found out about the company, I was like, oh, please, I hope they work. Cause, cause I was like, this is too good to be true. Like I was like, there's gotta be a catch, but, um, no, they actually rival. I mean, they rival all the products I was using. I, I, the products I swore I would never, like, I was like, I will never get rid of my urban decay eyeshadow. (laughs) I was like finally able to, to switch that out. And then like their skincare lines, um, what I love is they actually have, so for, for, for listeners who are into like the really expensive peels that you get done, like the resurfacing peels that cost, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like they have a peel because they, because they have an amazing team of um, developers and, you know, cosmetic scientists coming up with all of their formulations. So like they have a, a resurfacing peel that is just, I mean, it just knocks people out of the water. They have um, their anti-aging line is because a lot of anti-aging lines conventionally use retinol and that's actually toxic. So problem. So their anti-aging line, um, does all of the benefits of that without the toxicity. So it's just, it's, it's really wonderful. Yeah. And I, I like that they do rigorous screening. And so they are looking for things like hormone disruption, infertility, anything that's going to have potential ingredients that are going to cause cancer or toxicity or anything like that. And they also do testing for heavy metals to ensure that, you know, there's not nickel and mercury and other toxic elements. And I know, I think they use, they will use up to 1% of a synthetic ingredient if they need to, to make it really work. But they, I think they ensure that it's below 1%. So, I mean, you know, if if you've got a a product that's less than 1% having a synthetic ingredient, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then on top of that, like I said, even that is tested for toxicity. So it's, it's amazing. And the heavy metals, I mean, that really, really speaks to my heart. Like I said, having gone through, um, I had mercury toxicity, but they actually test nine times for heavy metals. Cause, cause that's another thing, um, especially with natural makeups, um, and quote, natural ingredients, the, the source material will change. So like if they're using, you know, clays or powders, there might be heavy metals in one order 
you know, from one geographic location and then not in another. So they test the finished product and they test it nine times. So you can feel good about that. Now, what did, what were some of the things you did for, to help you with the heavy metal toxicity in your body? Yeah. So, oh my goodness. (laughs) I, I got a heavy metal mercury burden. Ironically, I say ironically because it was so bad and so high, but it was actually all from fish. And, um, I just wanted to encourage, that's another thing we're talking about, not realizing how big of a deal things can be, um, mercury in fish. So what I didn't realize was the, the variations in mercury can to the tune of hundreds be different. So what I mean by that is if you eat like a piece of tilapia, which is low mercury, that will have, you know, a small amount of mercury. If you eat a piece of swordfish, it can have up to like 300 times the amount of mercury. So say you have a meal and you order swordfish at a restaurant, it could be the equivalent of eating 300 pieces of tilapia for mercury exposure in one meal. So if your body is not, especially if you're struggling with other, you know, toxicity or detox issues, um, you know, if you have a meal here or there of swordfish, and then maybe you're having tuna, which a lot of people think tuna is lower in mercury, but it, it can actually be very high in mercury. And that's um, the only fish I like. I oh no, I like is tuna. I don't like any other fish, but it, I mean, it is very high in mercury. Yeah. Tuna. Yeah. People think tuna. So I actually, I mean, this is honestly one of my passions in life just because mercury is such a toxic compound to the body and it's so hard to get out. Um, the only fish I feel comfortable now eating is shellfish. So like shrimp, scallops, um, tilapia, if I have looked up, it's kind of like with the makeup where you have to go, you have to do your research. Like you have to go look up the company. You got to look up the raising practices. You need to see, you know, how it's affecting um, the mercury content in the fish. So like I, right now will eat the, the tilapia from the Costco Kirkland brand. Um, and then actually my favorite go-to mercury free, free fish. I'm obsessed with this fish. Um, it's the Australia's Barramundi brand. You can get it at Whole Foods um, usually, but um, they actually test all of, it's kind of like the makeup. They test all of their fish for mercury and um, they, they raise the fish in closed tanks on a plant-based diet. And most of the mercury in fish actually comes from like what they're eating. Um, so because of that, the, that fish is actually low in mercury and it actually has the highest omega-3 content of any white fish. Um, it's, have you had it before? It's delicious. No. Uh-uh. Oh my goodness. It's so good. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe I'll it'll rival your, rival your tuna, your tuna taste and you can <laughs> switch it out. Safer yeah. fish. That's awesome. If you want to clean up your skincare and makeup, go to www.beautycounter.com slash Chantel Ray. And then something special might happen after you place your first order. Well, this has been so amazing, Melanie. Thank you so much. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Sure. So like I said, I have the two other podcasts. You can, that's the intermittent fasting podcast and then the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast. I also have a Facebook group. That's actually, do you have a Facebook group, Chantel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Love Facebook yeah, groups. Waste away. Yeah. The waste away through intermittent fasting. And then we have an OMAD one as well. 
Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I love Facebook groups just cause I, that's really how I can really interact with people on like a one-to-one basis. And I, it's just incredible. So you can join that. That is IF biohackers, intermittent fasting plus real foods plus life, or you can just search Melanie Avalon group in Facebook and it usually comes up. And then, um, my Instagram is Melanie Avalon and my Twitter is Melanie Avalon. And you can also email me at any time. That's contact at MelanieAvalon.com. Awesome. You guys stay tuned. We'll have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.